Welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today we are covering season two, episode three of Nathan for You. This one is called Pet Store slash Maid Service. Yeah, I remembered um, the pet cemetery portion. I then remembered the maid service part a little bit after, but I forgot how funny it was. Yeah, I think this is like a solid middle-of-the-road episode. However, I do think that there's a lot to talk about. So I think I think we're going to have fun with it, even if the episode was only like medium. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot to dive into. And I was just thinking, I was like, I feel like at the beginning of every episode, we're like, I forgot how funny this was. <laughs> every time we're like, oh, yeah, this is a great show. Yeah, we're like, wait. <laughs> we, we like this. <laughs> we picked this for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The first part, so this is one of the episodes that kind of has three segments with like a random one of Nathan like finding himself tangents. (laughs) So we're going to group all of that together at the end as opposed to in the actual episode. It's broken up in between segments, but we're just going to clump it together. Yeah, so we start off, we're at Pet Mania in Burbank, California. We meet our friend Jennifer Berardini, who's the owner of the shop. And Pet Mania is a pet store where they mostly have, like, adoptions of animals, and they also sell pet stuff. Yeah, and we learn that, you know, Jennifer's advertising. She's putting out flyers. They're permanently in the Burbank Times. She's, like, handing out, like, posters. So it's a lot of print advertisement is her current strategy. Yes, and I I have opened the Burbank Times if we want to do a quick little talk about what they've got going on lately. Yeah, um, definitely. I do not read a newspaper <laughs> currently. So tell me tell me what's happening in Burbank. Um so I mean like I don't want to disparage the Burbank Times. It's clearly like a community small newspaper. So on their website Their last article that I can see is from February of 2021. Uh, We're recording this April 4th, 2021. So, you know, a a few months ago. And it was an announcement that outdoor dining had reopened in Burbank. Wow. Yeah. they Can't relate. (laughs) Cannot relate in Toronto. They did say, please excuse a big COVID pause as we all stay well and reinvent ourselves. So, you know, maybe we'll have to come back after COVID is... uh, Way in the past, and we'll check out if the Burbank Times has reinvented themselves. I do think writing for a newspaper is a very easy transition to work from home. So I wonder what they mean by finding themselves. Maybe they wanted the writers to go and, like, you know, see see what else they might be interested in. Yeah, I mean, this this is, like, there's a contact for the ads, and it is a Gmail account. So, Ooh, so I'm yeah. like, maybe it's just kind of like a passion project for someone. Like, I don't know if these writers are getting paid uh, for writing for the uh, Burning Times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, who would do something and not get paid? And I'm like, that's literally what we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're doing a lot of print media. Good for them. And we kind of hear that... When a pet dies, sometimes people want to get a new one, to which Jennifer says, yeah, could be. So Nathan comes up with this plan. He's like, you need to advertise at a pet cemetery. So he wants to put an ad for pet mania on a gravestone at a pet cemetery to market to people mourning their pets. 
Now, this might be very silly of me as, you know, like I have grown up with a lot of different pets. I don't think I've ever seen a pet cemetery before. I I was thinking the same thing. I don't think they really exist. I don't know if this is like kind of messed up, but like when I was a kid especially, I feel like we would just kind of, you know, dig a hole and toss the, the, the old hamster in there when it was passed away. I know that I have like the ashes of one of my pets at my home. But I don't know about any of the other animals. I'm just not sure. I've just never really asked. I think we mentioned earlier that, um, like, my parents wouldn't tell me if my pets would pass away. <laughs> um, so I, I also don't know what they did with them in hindsight. And I feel like I'm not going to ask. No, um, <laughs> probably. I think it's too late <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Just call my dad. Be like, oh. Well, what did you ever do with them? Did you find a pet cemetery to send them to? But in short, I didn't know it was a thing. Are you looking it up right now? I am. You can hear me typing. Yeah. I was like, she's on it. She's doing the research. Yeah. I'll, I just keep asking random questions and you bring me the answers. Okay. It does look like there are some pet cemeteries in our area. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I just don't think I would ever go to one. Like, I think if you bring your pet to the vet, they cremate it for you. Um, as far as I'm aware, I, I am a big fan of Stephen King, so I am familiar with his work pet cemetery, but that was just kids like burying their animals in the forest. Did they come back to life? Yeah, they did, but not the same. I feel like I would want, oh, I was gonna <laughs> say, I feel like that would be nice, and which doesn't quite sound like, uh, Stephen King's bread and butter. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Stephen King, noted children's author. He loves to write really uplifting novels with great endings. My cat just, like, jumped up onto the desk, and I want to be like, earmuffs, don't listen to this conversation. <laughs> Everything's like, fine, don't worry. <laughs> you are so young and youthful, this is not a concern. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jennifer, she kind of says, like, I'm not sure about how I feel about marketing to people who are mourning their pets some people might take it a certain way but nathan really reassures her that he's gonna do everything really tastefully yeah now i want to talk about his pet fly Uh, buzz (laughs) buzz so in order to put an advertisement at the pet cemetery nathan decides he's gonna have a proper burial for his pet fly that he acquires And he's going to get this really big tombstone and put the advertisement on that. So we see the little saga of him getting a pet fly and taking care of it. And I was just wondering if you ever had a pet fly or a little pet bug ever. I don't think I did. I was pretty into bugs when I was a kid. I was very into like picking up worms and stuff. But I don't think I ever had a pet fly. I maybe had one of those weird like ant farm things. Mm, That's Um, spooky. Because if it ever broke... It just mayhem in your household. That never happened to me, but it just sounds terrifying. Yeah, and I probably had, like, sea monkeys. I had, like, normal pets, too. Like, I had a guinea pig, but... And I had a dog, but... Yeah, no no fly for me. How about you? I had a pet ladybug. Oh. Um, Where my... For a lot of birthday parties, I would go to... Uh, the one near me was called Color Me Mine, but there's like Color It Wild. They all have some version of that name where you go and you pick out a ceramic and you paint it and they put it in the kiln and they give it to you. So I had all these like weird containers from just like going and doing that a lot. So I had this little container 
and I made like posters and stuck it on the walls inside for the ladybug and like in one of the indents I put like some water and another indent I put like a little grass which I don't know what ladybugs eat to be honest but like I found a ladybug and was like I will take care of you I will keep you well I will keep you safe I don't know how well that worked out it lived for a while to be honest I don't remember how long but it just made me feel like I related to Nathan a little bit, which I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. And I didn't love the part where he like threw the ladybug in and was like, I gave the fly a ladybug to have sex with. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, this, this really is coming full circle. Yeah, it's a lot. And he gave the fly like old bananas and old fruit to nom on. Yeah, so he really took care of Buzz, um, Solomon, our, our friend Solomon from previous episodes came and he seemed to love Buzz as well. So he just seemed like a very beloved fly. Yeah, I, I did try and look up some stuff on um, like ladybugs and determining if a male, what a male ladybug versus female ladybug looks like and a male fly versus a female fly. But I mean, there was no way to tell in this episode if if Nathan had the correct sex of either of his bugs here unfortunately I mean I don't man I don't even know if I want to like elaborate <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I'm listening <laughs> no no I just mean like this like the fact that you look that up is hilarious but it's like they could love each other either way no matter their sex of their of their bug but true um yeah, it's a, it's, it's a deep dive. Uh, we've already <laughs> learned about hummingbirds and how they have sex. I don't know about ladybugs or flies. Um, yeah, you know, just all, always learning. Always I was learning like, on this I podcast. figured it was worth the Google. Um, we don't get paid not? anything monetary, but boy, <laughs> do we get paid in knowledge. <laughs> I think if we had sponsors, they, they would certainly be pulling out. Based on so, so every time well, we I Google didn't. weird sex stuff on this pod. Yeah, I guess we don't. But you didn't find anything out. So there's no explicit content. Just attempt at explicit content. I also am like, is it explicit if you're talking purely scientific, you know? Yeah. What would a cross of a ladybug and a fly look like? I don't know. Ooh. Just a polka dot fly. Yeah, I think it would or be Or an all black fly. ladybug. Um, ladybugs are like... This is dark, but they, they are cannibalistic sometimes, so what? I don't know if you want to be mating with a ladybug. I think more animals than you think will will become cannibals if given the option, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, even cats, I think, will have eaten part of their owners, maybe, if they died in the house. I think that's an urban legend. I'm, like, whis I'm like whispering yeah. this. <laughs> You're like, like, I, don't I think maybe that happens. You don't want to give them any ideas, okay? <laughs> I think that's an urban legend, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be near animals if you don't plan on staying alive. Yeah, dogs won't, though, apparently, I think, was the other that's half of, of, that, of that rumor. I bet my There dog would be would. a rumor about dogs being nice and cats not being as nice that's what the dog people want you to think i'm a both people you are a both people so i also love dogs i just don't own a dog currently one day i will own a dog um but yeah i currently just have two cats all right so we got buzz he's taking care of buzz and 
Nathan, during this time, also meets with the largest pet cemetery in the area so that he can start planning for when Buzz passes away, what's going to happen. So he goes to Pet Haven Cemetery, and he meets Mike, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce Mike's last name, um, because it looks a little tough to pronounce to me. Mm -hmm. Fair. But he confirms with Mike that he's allowed to put anything he wants on the gravestone. And, you know, Mike is very supportive. Like, hey, we've never had someone bury a fly here. But if that's your pet and that's what you're attached to, then we will 100% support you in in burying your fly. One of uh, my notes under Mike is just unconditional love. End of sentence. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He definitely says those words. Yes. Yeah, Mike is a big supporter of showing love to whatever creature you hold near and dear to your heart. And as long as you pay for for the burial spot, he is happy to have your pet there, which is very nice. Yes, it's very sweet. And then we kind of get this scene where Nathan finds beloved Buzz dead in his jar habitat and he brings buzz to a vet to confirm that buzz is dead and we just see this the most unnecessary (laughs) yeah we just see this like really like one second clip of a vet using one of those big magnifying glasses and looking through it and going yeah this this fly is dead and then it cuts away (laughs) that's all we get very qualified excellent I mean, the vet did his job perfectly. He identified if the fly was alive or not. Hopefully correctly. Yeah, I don't think that they get trained at vet school for flies either. I'm sure that they can identify if the bug (laughs) was alive or not. I wonder if they do talk about bugs at vet school. I don't think so. (laughs) Was that a different profession? Yeah. Bugs specifically? Yeah, an entomologist. Whoa. I told you I was really into bugs as a kid. Like, I had a bug book. Well, I used to catch and let go daddy long legs a bunch. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. And now as an adult, I am not too fond of the bugs. But I used to be much more fearless. (laughs) I was, like, very into, like, grasshoppers and stuff. I thought they were so cool. I was... My parents probably, like... It was probably a nightmare for them. Because I was just, like, bringing bugs into the house and, like, touching them with my disgusting hands. Yeah. I did, um, I would, like, gather up a bunch of pots and pans and uh, go turn on, like, the faucet outside and, like, mix up a bunch of mud and, like, put it in the pans and, like, bring it and, like, present it to my mom with, like, some nice sprinkles of grass on top and, like, you know, maybe some flowers in the corners and be like, you must try this delectable mud pie. (laughs) She'd, like, pretend to eat it like the champ she is not even yell about me like filling the pots and pans with mud (laughs) she was trying to cultivate your creativity yes yeah you can't stifle that shit no and as you can see i have truly blossomed (laughs) (laughs) so buzz is dead as declared by the vet and and to avoid uh sorry not to avoid pushback but Nathan, Nathan decides he's going to hire a rabbi because Nathan's Jewish and he wants to make sure this is like a real funeral. So he hires this rabbi and he also invites one guest and that guest is Solomon. So Solomon learns a little bit about Jewish funerals. Um, the rabbi also laughs at Nathan at one point when Nathan reveals that it's a fly that is being buried. Which, yeah, this uh, rabbi does not have the same straight face that Nathan does. 
Um, he should, you know, learn a little bit better that you should not laugh at funerals. Yeah, I mean, it was probably quite unexpected for him. I'm sure he was expecting it to be like a dog or a cat or something. But yeah, fly, it's pretty out there. Yeah, I feel like it's a story you would go and tell to people afterwards. But while you're there, especially when someone's like clearly dropping a ton of money, it's like, oh, okay, this must be serious. (laughs) Yes, so we see the funeral taking place. They bring in Buzz and he's in... Like a full-size hearse inside a tiny coffin. It's so nice. Yeah, it's like a full human-sized hearse that they put this fly in. In like a small coffin the size of like a matchbook. Yeah. It's wild. Where did they get a coffin that small? They probably just got it custom-made. Do you think they bought it from Candy Boyd's Funeral Home? Ooh. Um, I feel like hers were probably bigger. But maybe they do really tiny ones. I feel like it's more of like a costume or prop shop, maybe for like dolls and that kind of thing. He should have buried it, Buzz, with a doll. Whoa. That would have been creepy. So Maybe a stuffed ladybug. Oh, <laughs> sad. So Nathan also had like a wreath made up and he has like a portrait of Buzz inside. The whole thing is, is very dramatic. Um, the rabbi starts speaking. Nathan I'm inc- sad that... Sorry, I'm sad that there weren't fake guests there. Yeah. Like, he didn't bring in all of his actor friends and play Death is So Sad. I know. All I could think about was, where's Death is So Sad? We didn't hear any music. It's the perfect place for it, Nathan. Nathaniel. Yeah, literally, you wrote a song. You wrote one song. (laughs) (laughs) Use it when you can. Huge missed opportunity. Uh, Nathan invites, or doesn't really invite, he kind of encourages Solomon to go up and say something. And Solomon's speech is that Buzz was a friendly pet. It's funny because he was a fly and he's not flying anymore. Just yeah. some really... So rough. <laughs> really like, deep Like, not words. very elegant of him. He's like, yep, he's right there in the dirt. And it's like, Solomon! <laughs> I mean, We Solomon, get it. Solomon does better when he has the Quiznos marketing rep telling him what to say. I mean, wouldn't we all... They should have tossed in an um toasty. Maybe if they left him, like, out in the sun for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So Nathan says goodbye, and he gives the little coffin a kiss, and then throws it into the dirt. (laughs) Can I tell you what I wrote about him throwing it into the dirt? Yes, please do. He yeets it into the grave, and the casket lands sideways, which Colin So trendy of you. (laughs) Colin pointed it out, like, the casket is fully on its side in the grave, and the way that Nathan throws it, like, he just, like, tosses it, like, zero care at all. No, no, you specifically wrote the word yeet (laughs) intentionally? He does yeet it. (laughs) He yeets it into that fucking grave. Yikes. Poor Buzz. Although, I don't think another fly has received this level of, you know, funeral. No, probably not. Maybe, I I assume at some point they've cloned flies because they usually start with, like, bugs. Maybe, like, the cloned fly, I'm sure, has gotten a funeral like this. I couldn't say. (laughs) They fill in the grave. I only know Dolly. (laughs) (laughs) I know one clone. (laughs) It's a pretty good clone, though. Yeah. They fill in the grave, and this is really the what we've been waiting for for the episode. They bring in this gravestone. So Nathan's describing it. You know, it's over six feet tall. It weighs 
three tons, more than three tons, and it costs $7,000 to make. <laughs> yeah, damn. Damn. Wow. So expensive. And then, as we see, it's about to get a little bit more expensive for Nathan. Yes, so the gravestone reads, Here lies Buzz, my loyal friend whose favorite pet store was Pet Mania, and then it has the address, and then it says, for those who seek a new best friend, mention this gravestone for a 15% discount. What do you think yeah, of this it, tactic? Um, I think it was good. I think it could have used some more visuals. You know, if they had some nice, like, animal carvings up the side, I think um, some more pictures would be nice. I think it's also a little risky to say mention this gravestone for a 15% off discount. You got no... You have no backups on that. Is that for every item? How many times can you mention the gravestone? This 15% off coupon could like really get people a lot of money off if they keep using it on each item. That's a great point. Yeah, especially if you're going in like we buy the giant bags of dog food for my dog and like Mm -hmm. 15% off of one of those like they're like 110 bucks. So yeah, you could do that every time you need to get one. That'd be pretty legit. Yeah. So this is a permanent discount forever and yeah those, i think it's it's good but i think with the visuals it would have provided a much bigger impact and people would be more drawn to it aside from just its its size <laughs> i mean it's it's really big <laughs> it's quite large and we see that mike the owner of the pet cemetery he's really mad about this gravestone i mean he doesn't seem that mad <sighs> he was peeved he like very quickly uh changed his tune well he just wanted he was like oh i can make a little bit more money off of this true yeah so mike is concerned it's too big um you know he's like look around there's nothing else like this here so they negotiate for an additional two thousand dollars that mike's gonna let it stay and good negotiation from nathan because at first he says two thousand at the minimum yeah and then he does in fact pay the minimum Yeah, I wonder if Nathan's like, look, you're going to get people coming here to see this one. And two, like, the name of your cemetery is going to be in the Nathan episode. So, like, you're going to get people from that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if it was in the area, maybe I'd go look at it. Maybe I would buy pet food using this discount code from Pet Mania. Why not? But yeah, so he brings in Jennifer as well. And she's kind of like, wow, I didn't expect that it would be <laughs> that big. Um, but overall, she seems lukewarm on it. But Nathan does bring out some champagne and he christens it on the gravestone, like as if the gravestone is the Titanic. And uh, they cheers with some champ. And it's a great yeah. tribute to Buzz. Yeah, I think the fly had a great tribute. I think... You know, Jennifer loved the ad, and they had a nice little celebration. How, how would you feel going to a pet cemetery where you were going to lay your pet to rest seeing this ad? Would you be upset? Um, I don't know about upset. Um, I mean, I'm sure you get to, like, go and pay for a specific plot so you could see what the area looks like ahead of time. And if, you know, I didn't like that ad being near it, I would probably just... I don't know how many pet cemeteries there are, but I'm sure I could just go to a different one. True. I think that this one was the largest in the area, so probably have yeah, the most I think plots. It, I think it could could have definitely been a little bit more visually enticing. You know, you're spending seven grand on this giant piece of granite. 
why not add a little pizzazz to it? But yeah, hope I, I wish we knew if anybody went to the store and, and used the discount code. That would be nice. Yeah. So I do, I do have some updates on all of the different businesses in, in this little section. Mm-hmm. So Pet Mania, um, we do have a list of the different places from Nathan. And on that list, it said that Pet Mania was permanently closed. But I went digging a little bit. And it does look like whether or not they still have that same location is kind of up in the air. I was able to find it on Google Maps, but it looks like it might be under new ownership. However, they do still have a Facebook page where they talk about having animal rescues and they've posted as um, as soon as, like, February 9th of this year. Oh. So they're at least still doing the rescue thing. Are there any cute animals up for adoption right now? They don't really seem to have anything up right now. There's, like, a picture of a really cute dog. Like, looks like maybe a husky mix on, on the Ooh. site. There's if you're little... in Burbank and you want a husky mix. Yeah. I mean, so up in the air whether or not they're still around but good for them for trying to get animals adopted um and then pet haven cemetery i mean it's kind of difficult to move a pet cemetery (laughs) that would be uh dark to say the least i wonder okay if you decide i'm closing the pet cemetery i wonder what all the laws and rules are about selling the land and people doing other things with the land I mean, isn't, look, going back to some things we've already talked about, isn't that just asking to be haunted by spooky pets? If you, if you sell the pet cemetery and someone else builds, like, a house on it, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, it would be spooky, but I wonder if there are, like, laws preventing it. Like, if you're, if you buy a, I guess, are you buying the plot of land that your pet's going on? It's like, okay, you can't sell that because I paid for it. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, legally, but I think if the cemetery itself was going to shut down, I think it would cost a lot in terms of remediation um, to, like, fix up the land. I should know more about this. I did, this is quite dark, too, but I did an entire, like, couple courses in, like, cremation and that kind of stuff, like, embalming bodies when I was in school for public health. I don't think I've ever told you this. (laughs) <laughs> i was like what yeah we had like people come in and talk to us about it because it's like a career i could have gone into like i could have gone to inspect like funeral homes <laughs> is that something you would have wanted to do okay honestly i think that it would be kind of interesting to be the person who does like you know making up the bodies and stuff before they they're shown at a funeral i think that would be an interesting job but it was just, okay. a, it was never a career that I had considered. And then by the time I was like already doing my second degree, I was like, I'm not about to do a third one to do this. I think you need to be like a makeup artist for that too, don't you? Well, so I think it depends. <laughs> I'm also basing a lot of what I know from that particular part of the job from watching Haunting of Hill House, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Also, (laughs) such a good show. Such a good show. Um, But yeah, like, I would have been doing the inspections of, like, where they embalm people and stuff, which is kind of crazy. But I I actually would like to be, like, an autopsy person. I feel like that would be a very interesting job. I think I I would rather stick to, like, watching, like, people do it on TV. 
I just can't imagine the smell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I feel like it might be a little too spooky for me, but, uh, and I guess it's ultimately not the job you ended up picking. Uh, <laughs> no, but not even the more, close. the more, you know, yeah. If anyone, how, like, how do we segue? <laughs> if someone's an autopsy person and like wants to come talk to us, I would love to hear about your job. Honestly, like I'm genuinely very interested this is probably the episode you should have been on with us. Yeah, I mean, we could just do, like, a very special episode. Just a very fun. special embalming. Um, oh, yeah, and then I did find on Reddit, people were asking about the Petmania gravestone and if it is still at the Pet cemetery. And so, as of, like, around five years ago, the owner said they had moved it to, like, a more side area. Um, so, hard to say. They did they did agree upon the $2000 to leave it there forever. So, yeah, I w- I would be surprised if he completely removed it. That would be that be kind of a jerk move. <laughs> Flip it over, you get a nice like kitchen counter, nice little <laughs> granite granite stone. Flip, flip over the 3 ton headstone. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, our pet store segment. We're going to move over to the maid service that we are introduced to. Yes. So we were ironically talking about maids earlier today. Our friend just had their house or their condo professionally cleaned. We were talking about what a lovely luxury it is. Have you ever gotten your condo professionally cleaned? We haven't. I would really like to. And I think it's something that um, we might look into eventually. It would just be a matter Mm -hmm. of like, removing my dog would be the issue because she would Mm -hmm. not like someone coming in and she doesn't really even like it when we're cleaning so Mm -hmm. that'd be the main thing but maybe someday how about you yeah so my parents have like um a cleaner come like before covid they're not having anyone come over now so that's really nice but that was after i stopped living there and at my current house we hired someone once just to do like a once over because when we moved in the house wasn't super clean and it was like the most luxurious thing I have ever done. It was so nice. And I was like, man, we should probably do this again one day, but it's like, we're also perfectly capable of cleaning. Um, but maybe if there's like a special occasion or if we're ever allowed to see people and we have like a big family Christmas here or something, getting it cleaned before everyone shows up or something might be really nice if we have a lot of other stuff going on. But it's certainly not something I would do usually. Yeah, I think once we move, um, we'll probably get our place like really deep cleaned. And then I think when we move into a house, we'll probably get on the like getting a, a cleaner come in every once in a while train because um, my dog and my cat are both like horrible shedders, especially my dog. For anyone who hasn't seen my dog on Instagram, She's a shepherd mix, so she has a double coat, which means that, like, in the winter, she just sheds constantly, and, like, tufts of fur just fall off her back legs, so it's super annoying, and she has black fur, and then we have an orange cat, so it's just, like, if we buy black furniture, you know, there's orange fur on it. If we buy white furniture, there's black fur on it. Like, we just kind of messed up and should have got two animals that had the same fur color, but what can you do? Yeah, I never thought of that being a strategic advantage. Like, if you have two black pets, you get a black couch, you live that aesthetic. Yeah, it was a mistake, I will say. Mm -hmm. 
But we learned that having a professional maid come to your home, in Nathan's opinion, is one of life's greatest luxuries. But it can often be an awkward day-long dance where your home isn't fully yours and sometimes you, you'll want to like sit in the living room, but then you have to move because the maid's coming in. So it can be a little bit awkward. So that is when we meet the owner of the Help Inc., Candy Polaris, and Nathan comes in and we get one of the most awkward introductions, which it's really hard to, to be one of the <laughs> most awkward uh, for Nathan. But they shake hands and Nathan says, I always do a weak handshake up front to establish that I'm not a threat. Yeah, that was was not a great line from Nathan. I mean, obviously he's trying to make her feel really awkward, but I feel like saying it to like, you know, Candy looks pretty small. Like I would say she's probably around my height and like Nathan's not a huge guy, but I feel like that would be so uncomfortable to be like a small woman, have this guy being like, don't worry, I'm totally not a threat. But maybe it would be reassuring and you'd be like, you know what? His grip strength is not great. I could totally whoop his ass. How do you feel about a weak handshake? To be honest, I don't care that much. It's just like, don't be an extreme, you know? Don't be like a weird limp fish in someone's hand. But don't be that person who's trying to squeeze the living hell out of someone's hand because you think it makes you look better. Just like... One, don't shake people's hands right now. Two, (laughs) if we ever get to a place that you are shaking people's hands, just be a normal person and don't overthink it because it's super weird. Yeah, I'll say like I'm a big like firm handshake person. But yeah, I I don't like when people are like hurting me. But it really is a big turnoff for me if I shake someone's hand and it's like very limp. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, you're not threatening. I would be like, oh, I don't want to work with you anymore. Whoa, (laughs) that's putting way too much weight into a handshake. You wouldn't want to work with the person. It's a huge turn off. Yes, it bothers me. It's a pet peeve. I literally couldn't care less. Like, just be a decent human being and like, I don't know, just I wouldn't I would never think that much into it. It's only if someone's like really trying to hurt you where it's like, okay, back off. So Candy, she's the owner of the Helpmaid service. Um, she's very kind to Nathan, even though he says that weird line to her. And she kind of explains, like, how quickly they can clean houses with all of her staff from the help. And Nathan basically takes the logic of what she says for, like, oh, you know, with four maids, we can do stuff in one hour. And Nathan's like, okay, but by that logic, if you had 40 maids, they're going to be able to clean the house in six minutes. Yeah. So by offering to clean houses... 40 maids at a time, Candy would not only double the amount of jobs she could do in a day, but Nathan thinks that the customers would pay a premium fee for a service that allows them to have a spotless home in such a short amount of time. Like how nice would it be to just like go grab a cup of coffee and you come back and your house is spotless? Yeah, I will say kind of going back to what we were saying before about people thinking it's like awkward when the if you have a cleaner come in and you're just like hanging out my old landlord we would like sometimes come home and he would just be like sitting in the driveway and we'd be like oh what's going on he'd be like oh the cleaner's in there like he wouldn't go into his house if the cleaner was in the house yeah I don't know I again we've only hired someone once and we were home but we just tried to stay out of their way I get it though Like, you don't want to be in the way, but you also don't want to make, 
Like, because they're busy and it's normally in the middle of the day. So you're busy at work. So it's like, how long can you chit chat for? But you don't want to be rude. Yeah. Just always awkward. Every situation. Just interacting <laughs> with other people. Being so hard. around <laughs> other humans is very awkward. It's, it's, it's a lot to deal with. That's why we do a podcast online. <laughs> yes. Although I do hope we can do it in person one day. That would be fun. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Sooner rather mm-hmm. than later would be nice. So the biggest challenge that they're going to have to face is coordination. Because if you have 40 people showing up at a house, everyone needs to know exactly what their job is ahead of time so that you're not all bumping into each other. So to perform a test to see if this would work, they find a guy named Jim. So Nathan coordinates everyone. They get team leads and they give each individual a specific job. And they rent a bus, have everyone meet them there. And they drive to Jim's house and on the way over, Nathan starts pop quizzing people being like, you, what's your job? You, what are you going to do? And one person says that they're going to clean a sink and everyone has six minutes. So Nathan inquires if it would take six minutes to clean a sink and everyone says yes, but I don't think that's true. I think if you're really, really getting down and dirty in the sink, like, we don't know what kind of tools she was going to use. Was she going to, like, snake the sink, you know, and get out, like, all the gunky, gross chunks and stuff? And I also, feel like that's very much, like, a shower issue. If there's, like, some dishes in the sink, maybe, but if you're cleaning the sink itself, six minutes is a lot of time. Well, you do want to clean, and then you probably also want to disinfect the sink, too. And, like, I'm sure she was also cleaning, like, under the sink or, like, Mm. the counter. Like, I'm sure it wasn't just the sink. Mm -hmm. I'm really on this lady's side is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I think it was a fair question for Nathan to ask. Like, is it really going to take six whole minutes? Yeah, he also assigned the jobs. So it's like, (laughs) Nathan, you told her what to do. This is true. And also, you can't change the plan now, Nathan. Coordination is key. Yeah, they're on the bus. Like, it's too late. it's too late. (laughs) So we show up at Jim's house, and he seems, you know, ready to go. Everyone gets off the bus. Nathan's, like, yelling at them. Like, okay, get in there. Like, go faster. And while everyone's cleaning, we, we learn a little bit more about Jim. So Nathan asks him if he's in a relationship. And Jim says, you know, L.A. is a really tough town. Fair assessment, I guess. I I have never tried to meet someone in LA. Maybe if anyone listening is from LA, they can inform us of the LA dating scene. I could not comment if it is easy or difficult to meet people. But I think with apps, it's probably very easy to meet people offhand. <laughs> yeah, and the way that he describes his last relationship, so he was in between relationships during this time. His last one got pretty serious. They played house for a while, yada yada. She married her ex-boyfriend, and now he's in L.A. training dogs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, uh, one, we did not ask you to yada yada the interesting part, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Like, clearly something happened, and we wanted to know, we wanted to know the gossip, but you decided to keep it from us. But apparently he's pretty bitter that she went back to her ex. Yeah, this is just, there's a lot to unpack here. Like, it was pretty serious. They were playing house. So I guess they were living together. Like, what could have happened in the yada yada? Did she cheat on him? Like, did he cheat on her? I think he's making it seem like 
she was the issue because she went back to her ex. But we don't know that. Stop telling us your narrative, Jimothy. Yeah, we need to get her perspective. Yeah, we need her her story. And also, you're in LA training dogs. That's not a bad place to be. Beautiful sunshine. Dogs are great. Hopefully, you're a good dog trainer. That doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. Your house is now spotless. Yeah, for free, we imagine. Mm -hmm. I doubt that he had to pay for this. So while this convo is going on, the team finishes cleaning the house. It takes about eight minutes. And Jim looks inside, and he's, like, very impressed with the job they've been able to do. And he gives them all a round of applause. We get a little awkward back and forth where Nate tries to set Jim up with one of the cleaning staff. Um, And they are not into it, and Jim is also very not into this. Yeah, I think it's a very awkward situation. Uh, Would you say it's more or less awkward than the limp handshake comment? (laughs) I would say... Am I Jim or am I one of the the, the help cleaning staff? Um, hmm. I guess you are Jim because you are one individual. So in this situation, you are the owner of the maid service and you are Jim. I think probably being Jim is more awkward, mainly because you can tell he was like genuinely trying to like be a nice guy and like he was like oh you all did such a great job like thanks so much for all your hard work and it like it felt very nice that he was just trying to give them some kudos and then Nathan turned it around into this uh someone date Jim please which would just really knock you when you're down I think he just revealed you know his ex is with his his I mean his ex he yada yada yeah. a lot of the story true just he yada yada some important information we would need to assess if we are on Team Jim or Team ex-boyfriend and ex-girlfriend. True. But yeah, I think being Jim would be worse. What do you think? Um, yeah, you're really... I think it would be worse if you're Jim and someone raised their hand and was like, <laughs> yes, I'd be down to date. So because it didn't go that badly, like no one said anything, it was mainly just kind of embarrassing for Nathan. Whereas Candy had to actually hold his hand which we learned from you would be terrible (laughs) you would i would be so mad i'd be like thank you for showing that you are non-threatening and telling me that you are non-threatening i guess i i too have weak wrists (laughs) listen weak wrists doesn't mean that you need to have weak handshake okay that's true but if you want to seem less threatening how do you do so through a handshake if you're not just doing a weak handshake I mean, I feel like you can be less threatening by just acting like a normal person. Normal people are very threatening. (laughs) (laughs) It's a ridiculous comment. (laughs) So so we go back to Candy's office. Yes. And we get another scene where, you know, Nathan's like, yeah, everything went so well. And Candy's like, yeah, like, maybe we can coordinate again in the future. And Nathan takes that out as, you know, Candy's interested so we could coordinate in yeah, the future yeah we could do something in the future so he asks nathan her, <laughs> you were supposed to be non-threatening this is very threatening also she clearly has a ring but you know maybe nathan didn't look he didn't do the check he forgot to check or he did check and he was like i'm about to get rejected and that is great tv again or he saw the ring and was like you know just because there's a goalie Whew. shoot shooting a shot anyway so, yeah, he asks Candy out. Uh, she's married. So he gives her a fist bump. And that's, that's not bad. That's the maid service. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess just reflecting on both ideas, which do you think is a better idea? Um, I think that the maid, the maid service where they clean really fast is very appealing because, you know, like sometimes you're just short on time and especially now with most of us being home all the time, it would be nice to literally be like, oh, I'm just going to go out on like even a half hour run or something. By the time I come back, everything's going to be clean. I feel like that's really appealing. I do think for right now, having 40 strangers in your house would be pretty alarming though. Oh yes, yes. Good point. But I mean, I think in my mind, like, yeah, it probably wouldn't be 40 people. It would just be people cleaning really fast. Yeah, I think that many people would also just be a little bit overwhelming. I'd be like, wow, there's so many people in my home. True. (laughs) Yeah, but also all this like print advertisement, you know, I don't think that's the way, that's the way to go for the pet cemetery or the pet store. Really (laughs) either. It's all about digital, baby. Yeah, and so I am looking at the help cleaning service right now. Mm -hmm. And they do- Is there a turbo service? There is no turbo service. They are still around. They have great reviews on Yelp, even. Um, Does it have to do with their quick cleaning, or is it genuine reviews? No, it's genuine reviews. They have a pretty good website, too. But yeah, unfortunately, they do not have the turbo cleaning service. The shortest service you can get is, like, two and a half hours. Okay. But- so not not six minutes or eight minutes, but decently fast. Yes. Yeah, pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're in the area and, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're looking for a cleaning service, they do also say that they are making sure to adhere by all social distancing. So it seems like they're, they're doing as much as they can during COVID to still clean houses. So now we're going to move on to our little Nathan tangent where Nathan has decided that he needs to hire a dynamic focus group to help him become more likable. So we want to work on his style, his gestures, how he looks at the camera. He wants to be the most effective and appealing version of himself. So he hires um, a focus group comprised of four different people who are supposed to be the cross-section of American society. And they are watching him from the back of a box truck on a camera. He has an earpiece and they're giving him tips on how to interact during the show to make him a better host. He starts off at a, uh, I guess, a spa. And we really see him become more dynamic through their advice. Yeah, he's like talking with his hands a lot. They're telling him like... His shoulders are in there. (laughs) There's a lot of shoulder action. They're telling him to, like, look at the camera when he says stuff. He just is becoming, you know, a lot more of a of an excited Nathan versus what we normally see. Yes, and they did want him to update his style. So their fashion tips included, you know, getting rid of his dress shirt. They want him to wear a V-neck shirt with a blazer. And also in the interview, I noticed he was wearing quite a big turquoise ring. Yes, he was wearing a very <laughs> large ring. Yes, yeah, but he was a more casual, uh, fashionable version of himself. Yeah, the the V-neck with the blazer, and I know this was filmed back in, like, whatever, 2013, 2014. I don't remember this being a style that really took off. I mean, I couldn't... I couldn't tell you if it was stylish or not at the time. He did look different, you know? (laughs) Maybe it was... 
the personality change as well as the fashion change really, you know, made him seem uplifted and confident. So he seemed like he was genuinely being a better host offhand. Well, yeah, I think objectively better, but not better for Nathan, for you. Yeah. Specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So while Nathan is doing these interviews, um, his focus group is sitting in the back of a box truck. And it's just them, like, sitting on some chairs. There's a table there while the car's driving around following Nathan. And they're, like, sliding all over the place. Um, it seems very risky. So they, they halt production and they go in. They screw down the tables. They get them a big seat belt to hold them in place, which is nice. Yeah, I was convinced when we were watching this that this was a bunch of actors. Like, I was like, these four people have to be, like, L.A., actors like extras something but they're not on the imdb for this episode so i don't think they are like i think he really did hire random people and somehow convince them to do this i mean you are the focus group expert (laughs) yes i am i wouldn't know (laughs) i do think if given the opportunity we should sign up for a focus group at some point yeah, I need to figure out with my mom, like, how she even got me involved in it. Because I, I truly don't remember. I assume it's the same as, like, when they recruit people for different studies. Mm-hmm. Which, like, normally, I don't know. I see a lot of those just online or, like, weirdly on the subway. <laughs> There's often focus group posters. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like it'd be very fun to be a part of one. And these guys probably had a good day. Although, I think we will learn that we don't necessarily trust them that much later. (laughs) There's always, um, I see a lot of, like, fun ones just from, like, people that I run with who will post them where it's a lot of grad students doing different, like, physiological tests for athletes. So, it'll Mm -hmm. be like, oh, do this, like, test and you get a free, you know, test. Gift card. No, it's not even that. It's, like, you get... to come work out at this, like, amazing facility and we'll measure, like, all of these things for you. Oh, that'd be sick. I would sign up for that. Yeah, like, um, I don't know if you would have ever had this, but did you ever have to have lactic acid testing done? No. So when I was swimming, we used to have to do this thing where essentially, like, this is really getting in the weeds here, but that's fine. So lactic acid, if anyone doesn't know, essentially it builds up in your muscles when you're working super hard and it's what makes you get like really sore and what makes your muscles feel really tired. So basically you would sprint like as fast as you possibly could. You do like a super hard workout and then they take a blood test and measure how much lactic acid you've built up in your system. It's pretty wild. That is crazy. But yeah, we got to do that for free because it was at the university. That's super cool. Yeah, doing something like that would be fun. I feel like any tests I've seen, it's like, you have to be a certain age range that doesn't apply to me. Or I think a lot of them are for smokers or like tests where it just doesn't apply to me. So I haven't even been able to go forward with it if, if it was something I was interested in. If it was like a pretty normal one, like, hey, we want to test like something like that. That seems kind of cool. Yeah. Did you have to do a stress test? I feel like didn't we talk about this before? On the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I run, under my tongue really hurts, <laughs> and no one has an explanation for why. <laughs> so sometimes you just suck it up, but 
Yeah, I just went and did a stress test for it because my legs will also get super itchy, but that's a separate issue. If anybody out there knows what's wrong with me, (laughs) let me know because the doctors do not. (laughs) It's so funny to me that they were like, we'll make you do a stress test for this. Like they're like, maybe it's your heart making your tongue hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They've had some weird theories, but whatever. My legs still get itchy. It's fine. We need someone to do a study on you. Kindly. If anyone's doing like a PhD out there on, I don't know, exercise-induced tongue pain. And itchy legs. (laughs) Specifically. Because it never happened to me before. Like I've gone many years of my life playing sports, running a lot, never an issue. It's been like the past three years. If I start walking outside for like over half an hour or something, my legs will just get like aggressively itchy. Do you use like a weird soap in your laundry no or like dryer, I don't think so. dryer sheets maybe like we we use soap in our laundry and we use dryer sheets but i don't think that they're weird or different hmm. Hmm. interesting yeah we need to solve this mystery by the end of this podcast <laughs> this one no like this podcast <laughs> series season. this whole series yeah yeah um where were we oh yeah so they're in the back of this truck doing this focus group And they end up getting strapped down so that they're safe. Um, They're not actors. These are real, actual focus group people. And Nathan announces to us that he is going to test out this new personality by using the ultimate test. And what could that be? Of course, we're going to visit Brian Wolf, our old friend, the private investigator, who famously called Nathan the Wizard of Loneliness. Yeah, do we think that Brian Wolf is a good gauge for if you're cool or not? I certainly think so. Um, I don't know oh, if I okay. would be brave enough to ask Brian because he really seems to, to speak his mind. But I, I think he's a good gauge. You don't think so? I think he's blatantly honest. Yes. Um, but I think he has like a preconceived idea of Nathan. So I think it's very difficult for Nathan to go back and convince him he's anything other than what he already thinks he is. Um So, yeah, I think it would have been very difficult to get any sort of different opinion from Brian, but this was a really funny segment. Yeah, for sure. I will say, like, would you ever hire a focus group and get them to, like, redefine your style, even if it was just your clothing? I think that if I was famous in any way or I was in a position where I needed to be, like, presented in front of people and I needed to be super likable for, like, strangers... Yeah, definitely. Why not? It's just not necessary for me in my (laughs) life. (laughs) Like, it's just not something... Like, if it was for a job or something... I bet you people in politics do this all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But if you're, like, a public figure of some sort, probably do this. Um, If you're not, this is wildly unnecessary and probably a lot of money for no reason. If you're a public figure, you can hire Megan and I, and we will help you out by, you know teaching you how to speak eloquently, how to dress like us. (laughs) Looks down at sweatpants for, (laughs) like, a 40th week in a row. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) We've bought some fun clothes during the panty, okay? Whoa, the panty. Yeah, I like calling it the panty. It makes me feel less horrified. Less bad about it. Yeah. (laughs) During taxes, I had to... um, figure out how long I had been working at home for and I was like oh it's it's been a year (laughs) see I was like I don't know how to do this because I've been working from home forever 
Mm, so I'm yeah. just like, it doesn't really count for me. But anyways, alas, no one cares about our taxes. I mean, I care about your taxes. Oh, I care about your taxes, too. Thanks. Everyone, make sure you file your taxes. The deadline is coming up soon. Yeah, very soon. So, yes, we get all of this. And Nathan says to the focus group, like, okay, do I look okay? Is this outfit still good? And so he's wearing a very deep blue, and I can pretty much identify exactly what shirt he's wearing. It's the deep v-neck from American Apparel tri-blend fabric. Whoa. In, I think the color is called sky blue. What? Um, (laughs) I was a big American Apparel wearer back in high school. And then he is wearing a blazer over top of that, and he has, like, two necklaces on as well. And his hair also looks a little bit more, like, disheveled in a purposeful manner than it usually does. Yeah, apparently you love this outfit. <laughs> Would you want Colin to wear this outfit? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it takes a really specific person to wear a deep, a v-neck that, that, that is that deep. I don't even think I've ever seen Connor wear a V-neck. Like, I'm trying to think. He he pretty much just wear like he pretty much just wears like dress shirts and pants and workout clothes. He's either like very formal at work or like at the gym. Yeah, I I just think like V-necks are are a look, and I think some people can pull it off, but Nathan is not one of those people. I don't think it's the worst. I no. think it's different, and it gave him some swagger. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was something new. I felt the vibes. Yes. I thought it was a look. It was a cohesive look. Yes. Is it the best look? No, but it was a cohesive vibe. 100%. So Nathan goes in to see Brian wearing this. And Nathan kind of says, like, I've completely revamped everything about me, my clothes and all of that. And Brian says, you're still a goober. But, you know, that's just you. Like, that's just who you are. You're a goober. And he also says that he doubts that Nathan could catch a football, which is that like a good gauge for how much of a goober you are, whether or not you can catch a football? Well, I didn't know what a goober was. Like, I've heard of the word, but Brian does explain that goober just means a dork or a nerd. Um, And I think nerds can definitely catch footballs. You know, you can be smart and athletic, but I do wish that they then proceeded to go play football. I know. Um, I thought he was going to pull a football out from behind him and throw it at Nathan. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't judge if someone could catch a football purely on looks, but it would be difficult to in a blazer, probably. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of, like, arm, arm movement available to you in a blazer. Yeah, but... So Brian is just, like, very blunt. He's like, you haven't changed at all. You just threw on a dorky look. You're still the same. Like, get over yourself. You can't catch a football. But the part that bothered me the most is not Brian Wolf, because Brian's going to give you the real business. He's going to tell you what's up. The focus group, (laughs) yeah, what the hell, guys? Nathan comes back, and it's like, what do you mean? Like, I thought you guys said I looked great. And they're doubling back so much. They're like, oh, no, the V-neck's way too low. Um, like, oh, yeah, you have too much. Stuff. Like, they just were second-guessing everything. And Nathan's like, what do you mean? You just told me you loved everything about my look. 
Yeah, it's very funny, too, because they have the clips of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, like, throwing Pumping back to them being like, yeah, the v-neck looks great. <laughs> so it's fantastic editing here. Kudos to the editors of the show, but I, I love that they totally just were like, no, we didn't say that. So rough. I feel like if I, and they went to someone else who told them that they didn't like the outfit and they came back to me and were like, what the hell? I'd be like, I don't know. I still like the outfit. I told you I liked it. Who cares about, who cares about that guy's opinion? Do you like the outfit? I feel like you could have stood your ground a little bit more. Yeah, and I feel bad that none of them are like, hey, you're not a goober. Like, don't worry. Like, they all are just like, we you don't... can catch a football. Yeah. Let's go play catch. We'll work on it. They weren't very supportive. Yeah, I would play football with Nathan. Yeah, I'd play football with anyone. I mean, I wouldn't play with anyone. But Whoa. <laughs> anyone? I wouldn't play with someone who shook my hand in a weak manner, but. I mean, they clearly can't throw a football. <laughs> Probably you need true. that grip strength. <laughs> I can't believe you never heard someone called be called a goober either. No, I've heard of the word goober. Okay. I just think of it as like goofy or like, oh, yeah. But like for him to like go on and on about it, it's just really funny for like Brian Wolf, like a grown ass man, uh, professional, like PI, just like the, the names he comes up with to call Nathan are always like just the funniest insults that I wouldn't have thought of. Like, if I was mad at someone, I wouldn't be like, you know what, Kelly? Like, you're just a wizard of loneliness. Like, you're just lonely. Like, n- like nobody wants to hang out with you. You're just a wizard of loneliness. Whoa, that would cut <laughs> deep. <laughs> like, offhand, not that I really fight with people, but if I did, I would aspire to the level of insults that Brian dishes up. Like, they're creative. They cut deep. They seem to be accurate. Like, I think that's the most important part, too, is you need to be accurate. I will say, like, any time I've ever gotten into, a, like, a scuffle with anyone, I feel like my... A kerfuffle? Yeah, my, my go-to are ones that cut deep. So that's our episode for this week. Yeah, and if you made it all the way to the end, you're probably a goober. Oh. Probably can't catch a football. Listen, if you need help catching footballs, like... I don't know how we would do it over Zoom, but maybe we can give you some lessons. We're clearly very qualified. Yeah. I do know the president of Touch Football Ontario. Ooh. Yeah. I did play in a powder puff football league. Oh, cool. At Waterloo? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We won the championship the year that I played. No big deal. I had really nothing to do with us winning, but I was there. That's nice. I participated. I participated. (laughs) yeah so hopefully nathan can get a little bit more stylish go back to brian wolf maybe i hope that this one day impresses him yeah maybe his new show that's uh he's working on will impress brian once it comes out yeah yeah we'll have to get brian brian's advice see if he likes the new show better than nathan for you how could he? I mean, this is his origin story, Nathan, for you, it's you know? It's true. This is how mm-hmm. he got Cry Wolf. Yeah, I wonder if he and Nathan are, like, secretly friends. Like, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to think they are. I think, It like, could be so wholesome. Yeah, in my head canon, they're friends, but realistically, they're probably not. Aw, you goober. Yeah. <laughs> you tried to dress up. I still know you're a nerd. You little goobs. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Brian was like, yeah, come on back. I can judge him a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love judging people. Yeah, he's like, I got to give him a little, a little bit of a tough time. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I think it's fun. And yeah, I think this was a, a pretty good episode. You know, you know. <laughs> you know. Some good ideas, some businesses that are still open, some a fashion montage, which is offhand one of my favorite things to see. I love a good before and after. I want to see you changing outfits. Yeah. You know. I want to see multiple styles, multiple hairdos, lots of different turquoise rings on your fingers. Yeah, I think we could all use some more turquoise rings in our lives. Yeah, definitely. A little low-cut v-neck, a little slick back hair, a blazer, (laughs) some blazer action. A blazer and a deep V. Chef kiss. Please. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Yes. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Nathan for us pod. And check me and Megan out as well. I'm at Kelly W. And I'm Megan Bianco. That's that's my full name. <laughs> if you learn how to spell it, uh, I'll I'll accept your friend request. We can chat about Nathan. If you have any good fashion advice. That would be nice. I think that's kind of the theme of the the episode. The main thing I got out of it is fashion. Yes. Speaking of fashion, uh, the Oscars are coming up soon, and I will be watching all of the fashion there. I'm probably one of the only people who cares about the Oscars, but that's fine. Yeah, I don't really care about the Oscars, but I do like seeing what dresses people wore. It comes up in the news feed the next day, so that's nice. Yeah, I think that's about it. This has been Kelly and Megan on your side.